0: A few years ago, I was, given a, I was given a little gift. It was a wooden plaque, was given to me by, by Pastor Paul Karam. And I think it was after one of his trips to Indonesia. And on that little wooden plaque, which I've got on my desk, it's got those words written, let's finish well, let's finish well and it's in my office, and, and I look at it nearly every day. You know, let's finish well. And, you know, I want to finish well by the grace of God. That's my desire. And my desire for each one of you is that you also finish well by the grace of, Go- by the grace of God. And if we look at life like a, a marathon race, a marathon is 26.2 miles, or 42.19 kilometers. And if you're in a marathon race, it's great, to have, it's great to have a good beginning. However, the important thing is not how you start, but the important thing is do you finish, and then how well you finish. And it's the same in our Christian life. It's not so much how we start, although it's great to get a good start, but the most important thing, by far, is how we finish. You know, so many they start well, but they don't 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 finish. Just like in a normal marathon race, there's many who start. You know, often there's hundreds and hundreds of people who start the race, but some of them, you know, maybe go. Halfway or a quarter of the way, halfway, three quarters, and then they're exhausted, they're tired, and they, they stop. They, they give up and don't, don't complete. And it's the case in our Christian life. So many start and start, start well, and they're on fire, and they're burning for Jesus, and they love God, and they're witnessing and reading the word of God and seeking to serve the Lord. But, you know, a year or two later, where are they? We don't even see them in church. Something's gone wrong. Maybe sin or some other things have happened. And, and they, don't, they don't, don't go on. They don't complete. And, you know, God has a... We're all different, and God has a different course, a different plan for each one of our lives. And the first step is getting saved. You know, we come to the Lord. We receive him as our saviour. But then we're also going to be judged on the purpose for our life? Have we accomplished what God has purposed for our lives? And we can't copy anybody else, because we're all different. And God's got a different course and a different purpose in each one of our lives. You know, there's no prize for completing half the race. There's no prize for completing two thirds of the race. You know, our, our goal must be to finish the race and by his grace to finish well. Now, I want to look just, just at a few people from Scripture who did not finish well, who did not finish well. And the reason we look at those is those who did not finish well, they're in Scripture, and they're in Scripture for a purpose. And the purpose of that is that, that we would be the ones to learn by their failures. So by the grace of God, we, don't, we do not commit the same failure. We do not commit the same, the, the, the same failure. And the first is, you know, the children of Israel. They were led by Moses. They knew Moses. God gave Moses a vision. They knew they were going into the promised land. And the ultimate goal was Mount Zion. But in Deuteronomy 32, 28 and 29, we read, for they are, a nation, they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Verse 29, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. That they would consider their latter end. The end, the end. And that phrase, latter end, it's used 11 times in the word of God. And the children of Israel, they did not consider their latter end. They had no vision, they had no concept of their end, and they had no, no concept of the consequences of their actions. Wisdom is to live for the end, the ultimate goal. Deuteronomy 8 verse 16, Speaking of the children of Israel, it says, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that he might humble you and that he might prove you to do you good at your latter end. So this scripture is saying that, you know, the the, the trials that we pass through and the, the trials that they were passing through in the wilderness, it was the purpose was to humble them and to prove them. And God sends trials to us. And we've all been going through measures of trials this year. And God sends trials. God allows trials to humble us, to prove us, to test us, to see what is in our heart, to change us. But God's whole motive, God's whole idea is to do us good. God's purpose is to do us good at the latter end, at the latter end, at the end, the end of the matter. And so the, the, whole, the whole purpose of trials and testings is because God wants to do us good at the latter end. But sadly, the children of Israel, they murmured, they rebelled, they complained, they were full of unbelief. And instead of entering, they did not finish the purpose that God had for them. They did not get to Mount Zion. They did not even get into the Promised Land. A whole generation perished in the wilderness. They did not finish well. Uzziah. Uzziah, he was he was a godly king. He started off as a godly king. He he was the king of Judah. He became king. He was only 16 years of age. He ruled in Judah for 52 years. And the beginning of his reign, when we read about it, it is is glorious. He, He sought the Lord. He had a heart for God. He was seeking after God. God God blessed him. God prospered him greatly. 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 4 and 5. And he was a military military genius. And he was so successful that his name became known in the surrounding nations. We see that in chapter 26 and verse 8. but. However, we see in, in 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 16, we read these words, but when he was strong, when he was strong, at, when he was strong, he was at the peak of his power, the peak of his influence. It says his heart was lifted up to his destruction. We would have thought, well, when he was weak, but no, it was when he was strong, and sometimes, when we have success and we're doing well and everything's going fine and we're being prospered, if we're not very careful, if we're not very careful, it is easy to get cocksure, it is easy just to you know just to, to think that we're somebody special, we're somebody great and It was when Uzziah was strong, when he was strong, when he was prosperous, and when everything was going well. He was this military genius and and winning the battles and everything else. And if you're just winning and everything's going great for you, it's easy to become complacent and become slack and not turn to the Lord and not depend upon the Lord. And sadly... Towards the end of his life, Uzziah the king was lifted up in pride and he became very presumptuous. He overstepped the boundaries that God had for him. In fact, he took a burner of incense and he went into the holy place in the temple to offer incense. Now, the priests, the sons of Levi, they were the only ones to offer incense. They were the ones to to offer incense. to to offer incense but he was a king Uzziah was from the tribe of Judah he was not from the tribe of, of Levi he had no right to take that that burner of incense and go into the holy place that was the job that was the prerogative of the priests and only the priests but because of presumption pride presumption he goes in he thinks well you know he can he can go in and he will do it he's been successful in everything else that he's been doing but god smote him in the forehead with a terrible leprosy and he had to be removed outside of the city and for the rest of his life he had to live in a separate house as a leper far from jerusalem you know he was doing incredibly well wonderfully gifted many talents, this military genius. But because of pride, because of presumption, because of going outside of God's boundaries, he didn't finish well, he finished a leper. And the warning for us, you know, that's why humility is such an important virtue. Humility, dependence, total dependence upon the Lord. And so Uzziah, we can learn, we can learn and benefit from his mistake. In the New Testament, think of Judas. Harry was one of the 12, one of the most privileged people to be born upon the face of the earth, to be able to spend three, about three years, literally in the presence of Jesus, virtually day by day seeing the miracles Jesus did, hearing the teaching of Jesus, asking questions of Jesus. He was one of the 12, and he was sent out by Jesus with the other disciples to preach the gospel. He preached the gospel. He healed the sick. Judas prayed for people. They were healed. Jesus prayed for people. Demons were cast out. Matthew 10, verse 5 to 8. For about three years, he was sitting under the ministry of the greatest preacher and teacher that had ever lived, Jesus. But tragically, tragically, because of covetousness and greed, love of money, love of material things, and that covetousness had gripped his heart, he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, He didn't finish well. In fact, he finished his life by committing suicide. And Judas, even though he was so close to Jesus, he will be in hell forever and ever and ever for all eternity. Think of Demas. Demas was a close associate of the Apostle Paul. Demas had the privilege of traveling with the Apostle Paul. Demas had the privilege of being used of God. He started well, but he did not finish well. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10. Paul says there, for Demas has forsaken me. He took off. He deserted Paul. Having lo- and the reason why? Having loved the pres- this present world. Having loved this present world and has departed into Thessalonica. One of the guys who was at Bible school with me in New Zealand and sat with me under the teaching of Pastor Bailey, Sister Bailey. He was a good friend. He was a jeweler and he made our wedding rings for us, gave as a gift. He was going on for the Lord. He loved the Lord. He loved the word. He loved to study. He loved Pastor Bailey's ministry. today as far as I know he's backslidden he's away from the Lord he's been married three times how sad how sad started so good but it's not enough to start good we must finish good another friend of mine a pastor evangelist in New Zealand he started so good mightily used of god many hundreds came to the lord through his ministry god used him in healing god used him in deliverance he got his own little aeroplane and you know flew round different 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 places and i knew him quite well it was the time i you know prayed together with him and and when we were start when we were newly married, we were we were, you know, started a church in the north of New Zealand, and he came and stayed with us, visited us. Greatly used of God. Today, no longer with his wife and family, not serving the Lord, as far as I know, away from God. You know, how sad, how sad, how tragic. And you know, it really touches you when there's people who you know personally and you've been with and you've seen them, you've seen their zeal for God and their hunger for God and their love for God. And the enemy gets in and away from the Lord. We'll now look at something a little bit more positive. Three who did finish well in their Christian life. And Job, Job was one of them. You know, Job suffered so... so we all know the sufferings of Job. And they're very real sufferings. And he was, a blam- he was blameless in the sight of God. The suffering was not because of any sin that he'd committed although the counsellors, his three counsellors, tried to make out it was. But it says of Job, in in chapter 8 and verse 7, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end shall greatly increase. The blessing will be greatest at the finish, at the end. You know, Job went through such a terrible trial those boils all over his body, incredible pain. And it wasn't just a day or two or a week or two. No, it was many months. Chapter 1, he lost all his wealth. Much cattle, thousands of cattle. Incredibly rich man. And one day he lost everything, lost all his wealth. And then his children. He had seven sons, three daughters. One Same day, they died as well. I mean... It can't get much worse than that. And in one day you lose, you lose your family and you lose all your wealth. And then, even after going through all that, then God allowed Satan to afflict Job with these terrible boils all over his body. And his wife says to him, You know, Job, just curse God and die. She was so down. But what a what a response of Job. Job was able able to say, you know, the Lord gave, the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and Job, he worshiped God. He worshiped God. And even when his wife told him to curse God, you know, he said to her, you know, he did not he did not sin. He did not sin with his lips. Job went through much suffering. Job went through that huge trial, but Job, he had a wonderful finish. He had a glorious ending. And in Job 42, in verse 10, it says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much, twice as much. And he already had had incredible wealth. And God gave him twice as, much ca- twice as much camel and sheep and asses. And God's blessing was richly upon him. And in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 42, the Lord blessed the latter end, the latter end of Job, much more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and thousands of she-asses. And he had seven sons and three daughters. Think of Daniel. Daniel is one. He finished well. And those who finish well, they can be like, have them like as role models, role models. They're an example for us. They're a pattern for us. They're a role model for us. They finished well. By his grace, the Lord can help us to finish well. And what a role model Daniel was. He had a great start. He, he, he had a great start. He, and then then he, he faithfully served God for many years in Babylon. And, and then he also had a great finish. He had a glorious finish. And the last verse of Daniel, Daniel 12, 13. Go your way till the end be, for you shall rest and stand in your lot at the end of days. In other words, he would be resurrected. He would stand in his appointed place at the end of days. And Daniel has promised that he would be resurrected. Resurrected to receive the great reward that he would receive. Paul, he's another role model for us. He's another one who who ran the race, who went through all kinds of problems and difficulties and hardships and beatings, and suffering, and travel, and night and a day in the deep, and shipwreck. He went through so much. But Paul, he finished well, he finished well. And at the end of his third ministry journey, he's coming back, he he passes by Ephesus, and he gathers the, the elders together, and in Acts 20, 24. And he says to them, none of these things move me, all the suffering. Neither count I my life dear to me, so that I might finish my course with joy. So that I might finish my course with joy. Finishing, finishing, not just starting. He wanted to finish his course with joy and the ministry, which I have received with the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul was determined that nothing would stop him from finishing his course. And in the last letter, in the last letter he wrote, which was to Timothy, his spiritual son, you know, we know, we know he did finish well. Because in that last letter he wrote, shortly before he was beheaded on the Ostian Way, just outside of Rome, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8, Paul is able to say to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. What a pattern. What an example. What a man. What a tremendous finish. Just very briefly, three keys, three keys for us to finish well. Number one, be pressing towards the mark. The Apostle Paul was pressed, he said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3 in verse 12 to 14. Paul preached towards the mark. He, his goal, his goal was he said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being conformable unto his death you know paul he wanted he wanted to go on he wanted to go on to zion he wanted to go on to spiritual mount zion there was a there was pressing on towards that that mark there was no plateauing but a pressing on in god you know never think that We've come far enough. Never think we've arrived. You know, there's always, always more in God that God has for us. And God wants to give us, you know, that revelation of Zion, spiritual Mount Zion, and pressing on towards that. Number two, lay aside every weight and sin. And as the writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 12 verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does easily beset us. When you're running a race, you don't run with great big, you know, hunting boots or a great big, you know, great big heavy jacket. No, you you run light to lay aside every weight. And... To finish well, we have to lay. Sometimes we have to lay aside things that may not be wrong in themselves. They may not be sinful in themselves, but they're like a weight and they're stopping you finishing well your spiritual journey, your Christian journey. Paul says, lay them aside, lay them aside, lay aside every weight, and also lay aside, get rid of every sin. If there's sin there, ask God to show you. Cry out to God for the gift of repentance. Acknowledge that sin. Be willing to forsake it and completely turn from it by his grace. And we do this in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then thirdly, ask the Lord for his grace. Ask the Lord for his grace to endure to the end well-known verse in Matthew 24, when Jesus is speaking about his second coming and signs of his second coming. And in verse 13, and he says, but he shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that will endure unto the end, to the finish, the same shall be saved. And the thought there, the word to endure, it's a Greek word, hupomeni, and it means to endure, to, to persevere, to persevere. The thought there, enduring, not giving up, persevering, not giving up, pressing on, to bear patiently. Another, another shade of the, of the meaning of that Greek word is to stay under the burden. Don't try and run away from it, but to stay under the burden. And sadly, sadly, so few... Hold steady when the going gets hard. But through his grace, through his grace, each one of us, you know, we can finish well, finish well. I want to close with something, with a a marathon race. It was the Olympic marathon race in the 2004 Summer Olympics which was held in Athens, Greece. And there was one of the runners in that race. His name was Vanderlei de Lima. Vanderlei de Lima. And Vanderlei de Lima, he was from the country of Brazil. And in this 2004 Summer Olympics, he was in the marathon race. As I mentioned before, it was 26, that's 26.2 miles, over 26 miles. And Vanderlei de Lima, he was leading the race. He was in front. He was he was first. He was he was right in front, first place. And just after the 35-kilometer mark, actually, in most of the world use, uses kilometers. So the marathon race is 42 kilometers, just over 42 kilometers, and they'd already they already got to 35 kilometers. And so it was about three-quarters of the race w- w- was over. He was heading towards the, the, the finish line. And De Lima, Vandalema Lima, he was leading the race. And at about the 35 kilometer mark, suddenly it was on the on the streets of Athens, and there were crowds of people on this side of the street, crowds of people on the other side of the street. And as he was running on the road of Athens in the marathon, then there was this former Catholic priest, actually he was def- defrocked, and his name was Cornelius Neil Horan, and he just ran out from one side, and he grabbed Vandele de Lima, he grabbed him in his hand, and then he was running too, and he was a real big guy, and then he pushed him right out, and then into the in fact, he kept holding on to him, and he went right into the crowd of people on the side. And so, and then the guy, the guy, he, he was a former Catholic priest, and he was defrocked because of it. But he he held on to him. But fortunately, there was a Greek man, and there was a struggle. And then there was a Greek man who helped Vandalay de Lima to get free of this other guy, Froman, uh, uh, Horan, that so... And then, but but he would not stop. There was a determination in this Brazilian Brazilian runner. There was a determination, and that he was going to he was going to he was going to run. Nothing was going to stop him. He was going to press towards that finish line. And so, he began to run again, and he started running in the final for the for the final kilometres. Now, before this incident happened, he. Vandalay de Lima had a lead. He had a lead of about 25 seconds. But after the incident happened, two runners went by, had passed him. And so he was, when he started running again, he was in third place. And he carried on and he finished the rest of the race, but he came in in third place. And so he won for his country, Brazil, he won for them, the bronze, bronze medal for, for Brazil. But it should have been, not a bronze, it should have been a gold. And he also received a special medal of sportsmanship. But the thought that I want to bring out, the main thing, he completed the race. He completed the race. Even though he didn't get the gold medal, he got the bronze, he finished he finished that marathon. In spite of the, in spite of the incident, in spite of the, 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 the problems, in spite of being attacked by this man and pushed off the course, he still finished. And the devil's going to do all he can to stop us running the race, to stop us going on for the Lord. He's going to bring all sorts of things in our way. He's going to use all kinds of tactics. But by the grace of God, we want to be like Vandele de Lima, We want to be those who will complete the course, who will run our race, who will finish the course, who will never give up, never give up. And as Pastor Bailey used to often quote Sir Winston Churchill, you know, from the Second World War, you know, we will fight in the streets, we will fight on the the shores, we will fight in the battles, we will never, never, never give up. We will never, 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 never give up, no matter what the obstacles or the difficulties may be. And by the grace of God, let us pray. And I wanna just pray that this, that that God will put in your heart, by the spirit of God, you know, a desire, not just to be a half-hearted Christian, not just to coast along in your Christian life, but you'll be one who will press on towards the mark of the for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You will complete the, the course that God has for your life. For your life. You will run the race and, you know, by the grace of God, we will be those who finish well. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Lord, for, we thank you for Vandelay de Lima, for that that wonderful testimony of him finishing, and Lord, we know there are many obstacles. There are many things to draw us this way and to that way. There are many things to hinder us running the race of life, running this Christian life. But oh God, we pray you would help us to press on toward Mount Zion, to press on towards the goal. Lord, you would. Pray that you would just grant us your grace. Oh, God, Lord, that we would hit the mark, the purpose that you have ordained for each of our lives. Lord, I pray, oh, God, for each one in this building this morning. Oh, God, that we would fulfill our destiny, that we would run hard after you. Oh, God, Lord, that we would not only be those who started or have, you know, continued for a time, but by the grace of God, we will go on for you, even in the midst of difficulties, of opposition or persecution or suffering of some way. Oh, God, that we will serve you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. And, Lord, when you return, you will be able to say about each of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord.